0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Here's Donald, airing it out, People separation, Crock. Robbie Anderson, goodbye, touchdown, Jets! The whole NFL is watching, Four fourth and ten, and here they come, make pass catch, it's intercepted by Mosley! He'll be the top, Bell breaks a tackle, return for Crowder, and he's going to go all the way! Touchdown, 85 yards! Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34! Jamal Adams goes down on the ground and takes it away!
1: He'll hit immediately, he got the handoff, you know and what? it's the q Oh my gosh! Listen, Thank you.
2: Welcome to Play Like a Jet. This is day number nine of New York Jets training camp. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet 1. And I am joined, as always, to recap the day's festivities over at Florham Park by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And, of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, sir? Uh,
1: not too much, you know. Just, uh, has got a little bit of a headache from being out in the tent so long for so, so many days in a row, but powering through. And I uh, yeah, decided that training camps about halfway through now, so I'm I'm getting excited, so
2: the good news is that it was only about 80 degrees today, so it's not like those days when it was 90, 95 degrees of pure humidity. Wasn't exactly cool today, but it wasn't as bad as it has been, and so maybe that is what got Greg Williams' brain cooking today because he'd had some trouble with some of the stuff Adam Gase was devising on the other side of the ball, but today he made some really good adjustments. The defense had its way, and CJ Mosley was a big part of why.
1: Yeah, uh, this, I think this is, this is only the second day that I can, of so far that I can say that the defense won, but the defense won this day handedly. Uh, Sam Darnold, it wasn't bad today. He didn't have a bad day by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it, for what we've seen these past uh, week and a half or whatever, it, it wasn't a great day for him. Um, the defense seemed to have an answer for just about everything they tried to do today. And C.J. Mosley, this was his best practice so far. He was all over the field. He was getting sacks. He made a play in coverage. He was stopping run plays. He was absolutely all over the place. Um, There was a bunch of other plays by the defense, too, but he was the one that was just every time I looked up and saw the defense doing something, he was right there. And, yeah, like you said, Greg Williams definitely – Went into the lab, cooked up a few things and turned the tables on Gase and had a hemp surprise today. Uh, we talked about this a lot about the chess match between them. They're not scripting these practices. They're, they're Gase and Greg with two G's are really battling it out and challenging each other. And, uh, this was the second day that the defense got the win. And this is definitely the, 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 the biggest margin of win for them so far.
2: One guy that did not do as well as I'm sure Greg Williams would have liked and was not one of the bigger factors on defense today was Tremaine Johnson. He had an injury scare later in practice, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But first, got cooked by Robbie Anderson.
1: Yes, he did. And this is uh, you know, becoming a bit of a trend here. It, it seems to keep happening over and over again. Every time Robbie Anderson is matched up against Tremaine, he just absolutely cooks them, and you know they they were running um, a play. It was the defense was in uh, zero coverage. Um, obviously, Donald recognized it. The old picked up the blitz, and he just hit a quick slant to Robbie, who just kept running and running, and it was forty-yard touchdown. Um, that you know, Sam, that was definitely the highlight of the day for him. Uh, and Robbie had no problem cooking Tremaine there and we didn't see much of him, uh, for the rest of the day, but I'm confident regardless that Robbie would have cooked him either way because that's what's been happening all camp. And, uh, yeah, it's not a great look for Tremaine, but Robbie is really fast. He just can't hang with them. So, uh, that will be more of a concern when he has to match up against the
2: speedier receivers. Robbie's been running a wider variety of routes this training camp than in training camps past, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, he's he's all over the field right now. They're they're trying uh, different things with him. They're running a lot of intermediate stuff. Obviously, they're still running a lot of go routes to him, and it's been successful. Uh, but they're running a lot of intermediate routes. They're running uh, uh, some more screens, some more drags, just a. a different ways to use his speed. And, you know, we saw every once in a while where, like, Bates would try to do some reverse stuff to Robbie Anderson because they are like, wow, we need to figure out some other way to try to get him the ball. Or, oh, no, just have him run regular routes. Like, it's not something that he can't uh, do. He is, you know, that's not what you think of as his game right now because we just keep seeing them send them sent out on-go routes. But he he has the ability to do these other routes, and he you can see it it doesn't they don't always work, of course, but he is they're definitely trying a lot more things with him and it is working for the most part. So do expect to see uh you know an expanded route tree from him during these preseason games and the regular season.
2: Now that we talked about Tremaine Johnson getting cooked by Robbie Anderson, let's talk about the injury. There was an injury scare with him as well as Kelvin Beecham and Avery Williamson. What do we know about these three?
1: Yeah, uh, Jay said that it was a a groin injury with Tremaine. He said he came in with it a little sore and he tried to give it a go and then they just pulled it out. But Kelvin Beecham one looked really bad. They were doing pass rushing drills and they were doing 2-on-2s and it was Leonard Williams and Jordan Jenkins uh, going against Beecham and Kelechi Osemele. Uh, The Sunners ran a little uh, stunt there, and they knocked Kelechi into Beecham. Beecham went down. I thought it was a knee. I thought maybe it could have been an ACL just from the look of it, and the way he dropped and then just kind of laid on the ground, it looked really bad. Uh, he had a minor limp when he walked off the field into the locker room, but after practice, Gay said that it's an ankle injury. They don't expect it to be anything major. Uh, it's you know they're, they're treating it like day-to-day. Obviously, they don't look into it further. Um, Avery Williamson went down. And he was starting to Jamal. I think that was yesterday. These days are just blending in together right now. Uh, he went down, and I didn't see the whole play, but I saw him go down. And I thought, oh, that doesn't look good. But it turned out he just got the wind knocked out of him. And Ty Montgomery also had a, a slight ankle injury, but again, Gase wasn't concerned at all
2: about that. Sam Donald overall had a solid practice, but for the first time in a while, he threw an interception.
1: Yeah, it was during on 7 on sevens. Uh, it was down by the goal line. Uh, Tyron Brown uh, made a, a play on the, the goal line, jumped around, and made the catch. Uh, next Next play, he was almost intercepted by Brian Poole. Uh, and then earlier in 11-on-11, 11 11, Brian Poole made a really nice play, too, where Sam tried to hit Herndon uh, in the flat, and Poole read it the entire way, jumped around, and almost came away with it, but didn't. So there, there was three not-good swings by right Sam. There. Uh, there was only one interception there, but there were definitely all negative grades there. Those were the only three hiccups of the day. Uh, again, he wasn't perfect the rest of the day, but he he was still good, pretty good.
2: That wasn't the only interception of the day, though, Chris. Trevor Simeon threw a pick-six right into the arms of Perry Nickerson.
1: Yeah, again, that was in 7-on-7. Seven seven. It was uh, the set of reps right after Garnett threw that interception. Simeon came in, uh, and Frankie Louvre actually reached in and knocked the ball in the air. Perry Nickerson knocked it out of the air. And just ran back. There was no one even close to him. Um, All his really nice play by Lou, heads up play by Perry, and just took off. And he's definitely fast. So once he got that ball in his the hand, there was nobody catching him.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60 game sprint
2: Chris, I think this is kind of obvious, and this is why I had said it many times. Luke Falk was brought here for a reason, and I believe that reason was to be either the third-string quarterback or to at some point end up on the practice squad because, obviously, Adam Gase saw something that he liked when Falk was with him in Miami. More evidence of that today as Luke Falk has now seemed to surpass Davis Webb on the depth chart.
1: Yeah, he's getting more reps right now. And Davis Webb. Um, again, I'm going to say this. If if any of those three quarterbacks, not named Sam Darnold, is playing, then it's it's not going to be good for the Jets. None of these guys, Jeffersonian had a decent practice yesterday, a really good practice the day before, but they, these guys aren't it. They're, they're not it. They need Sam Darnold to stay healthy and play every game because these guys aren't going to do it. But it's definitely looking more and more likely that Luke Ball. As the advantage over Davis Webb, and I would be very, very surprised if Davis Webb is on this roster once uh, you know the final cuts are made.
2: Sounds like we have a lot to talk about in Rookie Watch today. Plenty going on with the guys that were drafted in the 2019 class.
1: Yeah, Quinn and Williams again, just moving guys around. Got a staff. Blake Cashman continues to get a lot of first team. Um, he got some more towards the end with uh, when Avery got the wind knocked out of him. But he was definitely getting more and more first-team reps. Trayvon Wesco had a huge day as a blocker. He made a really nice catch too down on the sideline uh, where he jumped up and grabbed the ball. But it's blocking, I, there is this one block where he just hit. I don't know who it was on. I couldn't see from the angle I had, but he just had a little two-hand punch Light at the guy and just knocked him way back and just it was like he was on stage just moving him out of the way and his blocking has been really impressive. He had another steel block for a Levion Bell touchdown and his blocking has been absolutely impressive. Very, very much so. Jakai Polite um, and and Diega went up against each other a couple times. Jacky Polite also I, I know that a... You know, it seems to be a growing trend that a lot of people are talking about him not getting that many reps and what's going on here. Uh, number one, I want to say that we have been saying this since he got drafted. Really, best case scenario for him really mostly as a designated pass rusher. It's not like uh, anyone was expecting him to come in and be a three-down linebacker. So, of course, he was going to have some limited reps in practice. But today he did have a very nice uh, strip sack. He did hit a spin move and just swiped the ball out of I forget if it was Simeon or Luke Falk. Um he swiped the ball right out of his hands. Uh he had another really nice uh play where he just burst right around the edge. He didn't come away with a sack or anything, but he definitely caused some pressure there. Um those are a couple of other plays where he definitely got stuffed and you could see there was nothing he could do. But he is flashing a little bit. I I might have been the only one that saw the the angle, the it was played on the one play, but uh, he's definitely doing some stuff out there. And overall, it was just a really good day for these rookies. Uh, it was probably, you know, not uh, it, was, it wasn't Cashman's best day, but again, we've been talking about this. He keeps getting reps first team, and at this point, the amount of reps that he's getting, that absolutely means something.
2: Do you think it means that Williams has some packages in which he's going to use Cashman in actual real-life games in starting situations? Is there a possibility that they can mix and match three linebackers or that Cashman could come in and spell Avery Williamson at times?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's definitely so you have them prepared, you know, whether it's C.J. Mosley or Avery Williamson has the miss. uh Pl- even just a play here or there, he's he's going to be prepared to come in and step packages. But more importantly, I think a lot of it just simply has to do with his speed and his ability to, as a, in coverage. Because everyone that's obviously not the strength of his game. And while Mosley gets, you know, a little unfairly painted as with an inability to cover, it, he is not. That's not the strength of his game either. Uh, Cashman seems to have a little bit more of that in him. So I would expect right off the bat to see him used in some packages where they need a little bit more coverage out of him uh, out of that linebacker position.
0: Play like a jet. Play like a jet with your host Scott Mason.
2: No sign of Ryan Khalil today, but he is expected at practice tomorrow. Correct?
1: Uh, I don't know about that, um, and uh, we sh- definitely shouldn't, won't see him practice tomorrow. Gay said that he's not sure when they'll practice, when he'll practice, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be anytime soon uh, somebody asked him about Monday and he said, I'm a day to day type of guy, but he, he did say that, you yeah, know, not to expect him to pass the same time really soon. He said that Khalil, from what he was told that Khalil lost a lot of weight, uh, when he, he retired, you know, he went on that, that offensive line thing where most of them seem to retire and then lose 50 pounds within a week. Um, a little bit of hyperbole there for me, but, uh, He lost some weight, and now he's getting closer to his playing weight. But, uh, you know, he hasn't passed the physical, he's got to do that. But they want to take their time with him and make sure they get him back at the football trade, make sure he gets his weight back up before uh, they send him out there to practice.
2: Let's go inside the press room now, Chris. What did Adam Gase have to say?
1: Well, first he ran through the injuries, which we already did. and He talked about how excited he is. About getting Khalil, about how much he can help Sam Darnold because of his experience, because of how uh, intelligent he is, Um, you know, the veteran savviness. Uh, You also talked about how they have a formula uh, in place for Khalil. Obviously, once they get him in and working out, they'll adjust that formula, but not to put too much on him too soon, and then to give him breaks here and there throughout the season. Um and just he talked about Jonathan Harrison as well and uh, just about the he raved about the way Harrison handled this. You know, he said uh, Joe Douglas pulled him aside and talked to him yesterday, told him what was happening, and Harrison was just like, "Well, I'm going to work anyway. I'm going to work this as hard. And I'm going to keep working and pulling along." And uh, both Gates and uh, Sam Darnold really went out of their way to talk. About how he handled it in, in the pros, pros type of way. Um, he talked a little bit about Ty Montgomery and what he can bring to this offense, and being able to use him and Bell. Uh, you know, we've seen them both on the same field at the same at, on the field at the same time, but also just, we, we talked about this all along before they even signed Bell that a huge part of the reason. They, go ahead and spend that money on that running back because of his ability as a receiver. And the same goes to Ty Montgomery, obviously a much cheaper option there. But that Gates loves what he can do for this offense and how that can open everything up.
0: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason.
2: Now let's talk about the players that followed Adam GaSe in the press room, namely Sam Darnold, Christopher Herndon, Avery Williamson, and Shuma Adoga. What did they have to say?
1: Yeah, uh, Darnold was asked a lot of personal questions. Um, everybody seemed to think that he had, you know, would have had some pre-existing relationship with him. Uh, but he, you know, the USC connection and everything. Darnold said that he's heard great things from him. He's got. Few texts from people last night saying, you know, he's a great guy. He's going to really help you out. He's going to work hard, um, and he's excited to see to be able to learn from him as well. To go through and build the chemistry, like I just said, though he, you know, he felt for Jonathan and they've become pretty close. Uh, but he went out of his way to praise him. Uh, he talked about the uh, the touchdown to Robbie. He really broke that down. Um, he talked about the, the bootleg. He said he had, he, he, saw, hey, Harvey Lange, uh, kind of floating out there and he just, man, line to that pylon, try to beat him to it. He did beat him to it. Uh, Lange disagreed, but it sure looked like to me that, uh, he got in there. And then he talked about Schumer Adoga a little bit too. Uh, he got some first team reps, especially after Beecham went down. I think it was Eric Smith they brought in first, but then they gave Adoga some more, some first team reps. And he had a couple really nice blocks. Talked about the one he had on Polite earlier, but uh, he 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 looked pretty solid today. And you know he got beat a couple times, but um, and Darnold was was talking about him and about watching him put in the work, watching him study, and uh, he's happy uh, with the progress he's making so far.
2: Chris, anything out of the ordinary today, or anything that we forgot to touch on?
1: Um, nothing too much out of the ordinary. One thing I will say is. During the, uh, the pass rushing drills, Jordan Jenkins absolutely dominated those drills, uh, and he dominated, uh, Collegio uh, as well. He hit him with, with a 2M punch and just knocked him way back. Um, and, and, like, I, I was shocked to see it. He just hit, uh, Semley right in the chest, and uh, I don't know if he was just off balance, what happened, exactly how it happened. But he knocked him way back. He made a bunch of other plays too. Like I said, he was involved in that play that got Beecham hurt. But he, he absolutely dominated those pass rushing drills. And it does seem like he is making, might be making a little bit of progress as a pass rusher.
2: Two words. Chuck Smith. If you don't know who he is, Google him, but he had worked with Jordan Jenkins, and you could see the improvement. Chuck Smith, by the way, one of the best pass rushers of the 90s. He used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, so if you weren't around to watch him... Go ahead and Google him, read about him, watch some clips, and you'll see where Jordan Jenkins is getting this stuff from. Chris, last order of business. Was there chatter among your fellow beat reporters or just people in general at practice today about Khalil? What were they saying? And were they also pissed at you for your tweet yesterday that got you ratioed? They they, did,
1: they were not pissed at me. Uh, I did not At least they didn't uh, voice that uh, anger at me at least. I did make a joke about it at one point. Uh, We were all talking about Cleo. Nobody said anything, you know, crazy one way or the other, but we were just joking, talking about him. And I was just like, well, whatever you do, do not question what he has left in the tank on Twitter because just Twitter will not like that. And uh, everyone got a little bit of a chuckle out of that, but there wasn't too much. There was a lot of, you know, uh, and. They signed him. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But uh, you know, I I I don't think everybody else has the same level of skepticism that I and you have here. I think a lot of people just assume that. Uh, again, he's they just assume because he's a former Pro Bowler that he's still a Pro Bowler. I don't I don't understand this, but. Yeah, that seemed to be a, most of the prevailing thought is that he is a definite 100% upgrade. Uh, I'm still going to be a little skeptical until proven otherwise, and I'm happy to be proven otherwise.
2: Chris, we've got a couple more practices before an off day, and we're getting awfully close to the debut of the preseason, aren't we? Yes.
1: Well, we got one more practice tomorrow. Um, it was a little confusing because it was originally supposed to be the green and the white scrimmage. And then Gates said that they were going to actually scrimmage tomorrow, and then Gates, uh, it, it's open to the fans, tomorrow's practice. Then Gates, the other day, Gates said it was pretty much gonna, just going to be a walkthrough. We have off Sunday, and then we have Monday and Tuesday practice next week, off Wednesday, and then next Thursday we get the first preseason game against the Giants. So, and obviously, it's weird having that first preseason game against the Giants because normally it's that, uh, that third week, but they play the Giants this week or this year so during the regular season, so no matchup between them for the uh, dress rehearsal game. They get that out of the way in the first week, and we're less than a week away from that. So I I know that preseason football on last night, I purposely didn't watch it. I know a lot of others did, but we're less than a week away from the first Jets preseason game.
2: Yeah, can I say a little something about that before we go? I didn't watch it, and I don't care. Nobody that matters played in that game. It wasn't the team that I root for, so it's not like I had some sort of interest in watching backups. And I understand that it's football, and so it's nice that it's back, but... Unless you're in the stadium, and I guess at that point, if you're out there for induction weekend, it's a fun thing to go to. I've been to the Hall of Fame game before. It's cool to see these players that are NFL caliber players playing in a high school sized stadium. You're never going to get an opportunity to see that anywhere else. But watching it on TV, there were so many other things to do that were better than that, as far as I'm concerned. And I love football as much as anybody. But if it's not my team, I just don't understand what you're looking at, especially if you're not talking about some sort of big-time player that you want to get a look at in the preseason. I could understand if you were tuning in to see a hotshot rookie quarterback, for instance, if you wanted to see Dwayne Haskins play a little bit in his first action with the Redskins in preseason or something like that, okay. But I just don't understand why so many people were so excited for this. I know that it's great to have football back, but come on, that's backup players on teams that you don't even have a vest interesting.
1: Yeah, you know, I used to I used to get super excited about the game and not really about the game, but just that it was on and I would turn it on just to be like, okay, good, there's football on my T V but then I would be like quickly checked out um and then also there's a little bit, I, I have to admit this, that I, I am a little spoiled because football returns to me earlier when I get the training camp. Also, by this time, I'm a little sick of tired of watching teams practice. And really, that's all these pre, early preseason games are, is they're just practicing just against another team. Um, and I, like you said, there's there's 90 people on these rosters right now. Half of them aren't going to have a job in the NFL in, you know, three weeks. So, uh, and, and especially the first week of preseason, those are the guys playing, you know, doing the bulk of the playing. So I'm I'm good with it I didn't even want I didn't even want to throw it on because I was just like no I'm going to throw it on one of my TVs it's just going to sit there and it's just going to kind of annoy me but again I, I also have football every day I come out home from work and then once night comes I just want to throw on some TV or movie or something and just take my brain off of football
2: I'd rather watch old football games and I do when it's the football offseason than watch preseason games of teams I don't care about when it's all backups. It just doesn't interest me at all. I will, however, be watching the Hall of Fame induction ceremony over the weekend. And I'm sure that we'll get a chance to talk about that at some point, Chris, because Kevin Mawai is getting inducted, so I'm looking forward to his speech. I didn't get a chance to make it out there this year. I did make it out there for the Curtis Martin induction, so hopefully the next time a jet gets in I'm thinking that it would probably be Nick Mangold if I had to guess I'll be able to head out there for that but I'm looking forward to seeing Kevin Mawai get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend certainly much more so than I was to see anything involving the Falcons and Broncos backups which is why I didn't watch the game but I am certainly dialed in to Jets preseason I'm looking forward to that Starting next week And To the rest of the practices At training camp We will have full coverage Of all of it Right here on Play Like a Jet And of course Chris will have coverage of it On his website Chris What website is that And what can you find on it?
1: <laughs> that website is com. You can find my Three observations report From each and every practice uh, I've got a bunch more content Coming out these next couple days And then I will have A bunch more uh, when I when I have to go out to California, uh, next at the end of next week, I'll have uh, some built stuff so I can pump some more stuff out there when I miss a couple days of practice. Uh, but, yeah, you can find all that on JetsInsider.com, and you can follow me on Twitter, at C. Nimbly and at JetsInsider.
2: Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter, at C. Nimbly, and at JetsInsider. Follow his deputy editor, Alan Schechter, at Alan underscore S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R, Read Chris's very big deal work over at jetsinsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the